0: This is the Return to Order Moment with Edwin Benson, bringing you insights, analysis, and information for a culture in crisis.
1: 2022 in review. A civil war in the Catholic Church and a shooting war in Europe reveal unprecedented ideological confrontations. One of the most important tasks of www.returntoorder.org and the Return to Order Moment is to explain current events from a traditional and Catholic point of view. Today, thanks to the work of scholar James Bascom, we bring you a recap of the entire year. These are tumultuous times in which to be a Catholic. The threats to our beliefs and our ways of life grow ever larger. These threats come from world capitals, the movement that we refer to as woke, and from the modernist forces within the Church. Of course, it is impossible to cover every story that threatens the faith. Mr. Bascom summarizes eight important areas of conflict. It is important, however, not to despair as we hear about the implications of these events. We need to rely on Our Lord and Our Lady to guide us through troubled times.
0: The Cold War earned its name because the superpowers, apart from a few proxy wars around the world, never began a direct conflict with each other. But at the time, The ideological confrontation between communism and anti-communism seemed certain to lead to war in Europe, as it did in Korea, Vietnam, and elsewhere. After the 1991 collapse of the Soviet Union, however, many in the West were euphoric at the prospect of a so-called New World Order, in which ideological conflict would disappear. Democracy and liberalism had seemed to triumph, in what American political scientist Francis Fukuyama famously called the end of history. The pontificate of John Paul II likewise spread a shallow, boundless optimism in humanity and the future of a post-Vatican II Catholicism, united around a charismatic leader promising to dialogue with the world. On the surface, the 90s seemed to vindicate that argument. However, The divisions between left and right, liberal and anti-liberal, and Catholic left versus Orthodox Catholic continued stronger than ever. The revolutionary process, as defined in Revolution and Counter-Revolution by the great Brazilian professor Plinio Correa de Oliveira, advanced faster and farther than ever. In Politics... Liberals advocated deviant forms of marriage, gender ideology, unrestricted abortion, racial conflict, and a globalism that would put an end to borders and national identity. In the Catholic Church under Pope Francis, progressives are fighting to impose the acceptance of homosexuality, transgenderism, unrestricted migrants, a pantheistic ecumenism, radical ecology, abortion, and even idol worship, as in the case of the Pacamama, all the while persecuting traditionalist Catholics. While these irreconcilable divisions remained mostly below the surface over the past half-century, tensions have exploded. Brexit, And the elections of Donald Trump and Brazil's Jair Bolsonaro revealed a stunning discontent with the liberal world order dominant since the French Revolution. The rapid growth of conservatism and traditionalism in the Catholic Church has provoked a furious response from Pope Francis and his progressivist allies. Revolutionaries in both politics and the Church are furious that such a large number of people are unwilling to move forward on the path of presumed progress. In 2022, these internal conflicts exploded into open warfare. The Catholic left, led by Pope Francis, no longer tries to feign fidelity to Catholic doctrine on faith and morals. They are waging a revolution inside the Church that is most clearly seen in the German Synodal Path. The Catholic left is forcing Catholics to make a choice. Either you accept this revolution and reject traditional Catholicism, or you are an enemy of Pope Francis and Vatican II. In the political realm, Vladimir Putin launched the bloodiest war on European soil since World War II. Putin has taken advantage of the discontent with woke liberal globalism to present his ideology, a mix of Russian nationalism, with a heavy dose of anti-Western hatred and sympathy for communism, as the only alternative. Liberals, in turn, reinforce this false dilemma. The only alternative to Putinism, they claim is pro-LGBT liberalism. Both conflicts show that the revolutionary process, as described by Plinio Correa d'Olivera, is experiencing a profound crisis. Never has there been so much resistance to revolution than now. It can no longer persuade souls, as it did in decades and centuries past, and is therefore resorting to force the process is trying to reach its final goal. Destroy the Catholic Church and Western's Christian civilization and replace them with tribalism, ecology, and Satanism. At the same time, the message of Our Lady of Fatima in 1917 is more relevant than ever. Her warnings about wars and persecutions of the Church are happening before our eyes. Her prophecies about the errors of Russia, whether through socialism, liberalism, or Putinism, are beyond dispute. The reactions to the revolution that are appearing all across the world are a sign that God is acting in history, preparing souls for the great chastisement that is to come, but also for the great pardon and great victory promised by Our Lady.
1: Part 1. The German Synodal Path
0: The so-called German Synodal Path was established in 2019. Although ostensibly created to be a consultative body of laity and clergy, it has become a sort of estates general for the Catholic Church. It is moving full speed ahead to change Catholic doctrine on sexuality, the family, female clergy, and many other topics. Archbishop Dermot Farrell of Dublin, Ireland, declared in a sermon that, thanks to Pope Francis and the German synodal path, quote, "...radical change is coming in the Church. We need to open up a new chapter in the history of the Catholic Church in Ireland. Pope Francis is offering us a way of being Church." The synodal pathway of walking together more closely and being a church that is hope filled despite many challenges. Unquote. The push for revolution is coming from the highest levels of the German church. Cardinal Reinhard Marx, Archbishop of Munich and former president of the German Bishops' Conference, declared that, quote, there is no future for Christianity without a renewed church. Unquote. The same cardinal called for an end to priestly celibacy and the acceptance of homosexuality among Catholics at a mass celebrating 20 years of queer worship and pastoral care. Unquote. Cardinal Marx even declared that Catholics can doubt Catholic teachings on morals. Quote, the catechism is not set in stone. One may doubt what it says. Unquote. In February, the German synodal assembly voted overwhelmingly to approve a text that endorses the ordination of women and a reversal of the Catholic Church's teachings against homosexuality and contraception. Mark Frings. The general secretary of the Central Committee of German Catholics, an organization that is a co-sponsor of the Sidengel Path, declared that a change in Catholic teaching on homosexuality is "quote, urgently required." Unquote. While the president of the same organization, Ermi Stetler Karp, called for greater abortion access. In addition. The synodal path called for bishops to be elected with the direct participation of the laity, which would make the Catholic Church in Germany no different from any other Protestant sect. The former president of the same organization, Thomas Sternbert, said that the real goal of the synodal path is to put pressure on the church to change her teachings, admitting that it has advanced, quote, Much more successfully than I thought. Such heresy coming out of the synodal path has provoked reactions from Catholics in Germany and around the world. In January, over 6,000 German Catholics signed a document titled New Beginning, a Manifesto for Reform, which attacked the synod for its heretical positions. In April, more than 70 bishops from around the world, including four cardinals, signed a fraternal open letter to the bishops of Germany warning of, quote, our growing concern about the nature of the entire German synodal path, unquote. The bishops, 52 from the United States, claimed that the synodal path is creating confusion and may even lead to a schism. Quote, "failing to listen to the holy spirit and the gospel the synodal paths actions undermine the credibility of church authority including that of pope francis christian anthropology and sexual morality and the reliability of scripture" Unquote. archbishop samuel aquila of denver colorado wrote his own personal critique in which he claimed that the synodal path quote, challenges and, in some instances, repudiates the deposit of faith. Unquote. Many other prelates have come out forcefully against the synodal path. Cardinal Gerhard Müller denounced the synodal path in numerous interviews and articles. Cardinal Raymond Burke stated that it is up to Pope Francis to correct heretical bishops. If they do not renounce their errors and correct themselves, then he would have to remove them from office. Cardinal Malcolm Ranjith of Colombo, Sri Lanka said he cannot accept the German synodal path. Even Cardinal Walter Kasper, a noted progressive, called the synodal path an attempted coup and that it risks, quote, breaking its own neck, unquote. The response from Rome could be summarized as tepid opposition mixed with tacit approval. In July, the Vatican issued a statement declaring that, quote, the synodal path in Germany does not have the power to compel bishops and the faithful to adopt new forms of government and new orientations of doctrine and morals. Unquote. The German bishops must clarify this, as it would not be permissible quote, to introduce new official structures or doctrines in dioceses unquote, without the approval of the universal church. Yet, when the German bishops met with Pope Francis and Secretary of State Cardinal Pietro Parolin for their ad limina visit in November, they expressed no opposition to the synodal path. In a joint statement published after the meeting, Cardinal Parolin even said that a moratorium on the synodal way was proposed but rejected. No public condemnation of the synodal path was published, nor did Pope Francis or Cardinal Parolin express any public displeasure with its many public and notorious heresies against Catholic morals. At a press conference following the Adlimina visit, the president of the German Bishop's Conference, Bishop George Batzig, spoke a line that seemed to summarize the purpose of the synodal path. The German church wants to remain Catholic, he said. But we want to be Catholic in a different way. Unquote.
1: Part 2. The Russian Invasion of Ukraine
0: After a massive military buildup on the Ukrainian border last year, Russian President Vladimir Putin invaded Ukraine on February 24th with nearly 200,000 troops launching the largest war on European soil since World War II. Many Western observers believed that Ukraine's military would crumble under the weight of the vaunted Russian juggernaut, just as it did in 2014 when Russia invaded Crimea and sent unmarked troops into the eastern Ukrainian region of Donbass. For years... The Russian government, through its many media outlets and woke Western liberals, spread the same propaganda promoting a false dilemma. The world must choose sides between a supposedly Christian and conservative Vladimir Putin at the head of a resurgent Russian nation and a degenerate post-Christian Western world. Many Catholics and conservatives in the West had swallowed this false dilemma and looked sympathetically to Putin as their champion. When Russia invaded Ukraine, it seemed that years of preparation, both with a military buildup and in winning over Western conservatives, would bear fruit with the total annexation of Ukraine into the Russian Federation. To the great surprise of many, the Ukrainian people rallied and halted the Russian advance at the gates of Kiev. Billions of dollars' worth of American and European weapons poured into Ukraine, particularly javelin anti-tank missiles and heavy artillery, which played a crucial role in halting the Russians. In April the Russians retreated and regrouped to focus on reinforcing their hold on Ukraine's eastern and southern regions. Starting in May, the Ukrainians launched a series of counterattacks that retook thousands of square miles of territory. How to explain this sudden and unexpected resistance among the Ukrainians? For one thing, Ukraine has always had a decisive role in Slavic history. Russia is the cultural offshoot of the 9th century Kievan Rus and was the center of Slavic culture for centuries. In the 20th century, Ukraine gave major support to the White Army against the Bolsheviks during the Russian Civil War. With its millions of Greek and Latin Rite Catholics... Ukraine was also a center of resistance to Russian persecution, both under the czars and under communism. The religious question is very present on both sides. Putin regularly refers to the pseudo-mystical concept of Mir, or Russian world, as a justification for military expansion. He desires to make Moscow into a third Rome by uniting all the Slavic people's Eastern Orthodox churches into one unified Russian Orthodox Church under the authority of the Kremlin-controlled Russian Orthodox Patriarch of Moscow. Many Russians see the war as a decisive battle against the Antichrist. With its millions of Catholics faithful to the Pope, Ukraine has always been a thorn in the side of the Russian Orthodox Church and the Tsars. Most importantly, Our Lady of Fatima referred to the errors of Russia and predicted that Russia will be converted, giving the present war special religious significance. Whatever historical, ethnic, linguistic, or religious links there are between Russia and Ukraine, most observers, including many Westerners sympathetic to Putin, saw that the Russian invasion was an unjust and immoral aggression. The war created a humanitarian disaster in Eastern Europe, with at least 7 million Ukrainian refugees flooded into neighboring countries and over 10 million displaced internally. Russian airstrikes deliberately targeted civilian infrastructure, such as electricity generators and water plants, leaving millions of Ukrainians in the cold without water as winter sets in. In the eastern and southern regions conquered by Russia, churches not affiliated with the Russian Orthodox Church, such as the Ukrainian Catholic Church, are persecuted. Russian atrocities, such as the Bucha Massacre, as well as widespread cases of theft, rape, and murder against civilians across occupied Ukraine, turned an otherwise indifferent Western public opinion against Putin. The Russo-Ukrainian War is a tragedy, but also a paradigm shift in politics, economics, and society worldwide. Larry Fink, The CEO of BlackRock, one of the most powerful asset management firms in the world and a symbol of Wall Street and international finance, wrote a letter to company shareholders in which he declared that, quote, The Russian invasion of Ukraine has put an end to the globalization we have experienced over the last three decades, unquote. Western governments heavily sanctioned Russia following the invasion, leading to a complete withdrawal of Western corporations from the country. Russian gas, which supplied 40% of Europe's gas imports in 2017, was reduced and finally cut out entirely over the summer. Europe is suffering a terrible energy crisis that will take years or even decades to remedy. Russia has worked to ally itself with socialist, communist, and other dictatorial regimes in developing countries, spreading propaganda that portrays the global North, Europe, North America, and Australia, as the oppressor and exploiter of the global South, Africa, Latin America, the Middle East, and Asia. Communist or terrorist regimes such as China, Venezuela, Cuba, and Iran have all sided with Putin or abstained from condemning his invasion, but so too have many other Asian, African, and Latin American countries. Through the Ukrainian war, Putin is helping to fulfill a long-held dream of the international left to inflame global hatred against Western civilization the fruit of Christianity. For his part, Pope Francis has condemned the violence in Ukraine, but abstained from condemning Putin or Russians by name. One reason is that he has long prioritized ecumenical dialogue with the Russian Orthodox Church. Just as the war began in February, the Russian ambassador to the Holy See, confirmed that Pope Francis was planning to meet with Russian Orthodox Patriarch Kirill. The Ukrainian Catholic bishops issued strong statements to rally Ukrainians to defend their country. Pope Francis, however, has often spoken in terms that implied mutual culpability from both sides for the war. In March, he called the invasion, quote, armed aggression, unquote but a few weeks later said that, quote, there is no such thing as a just war. They do not exist, unquote. He repeated this blanket condemnation a week later on the return trip from Malta when he said that, quote, every war stems from an injustice, always because that is the pattern of wars, unquote and dismissed efforts to distinguish between just and unjust wars, or even that any country should be prepared to defend itself. Unexpectedly, on March 25th, Pope Francis consecrated Russia in union with the bishops around the world. Pope Francis and his Secretary of State, Cardinal Pietro Parolin, expressed their desire to have a papal visit with Putin numerous times. In May, he repeated this desire, while echoing a Russian talking point by making a blanket accusation against NATO, accusing the defensive military alliance of, quote, barking at Russia's door, unquote, which prompted Putin to, quote, react badly and unleash the conflict, unquote. Even the Wall Street Journal was scandalized by Francis's pro-Russian sympathies, saying it sends a terrible moral signal to dictators. Although the Ukrainian bishops and government have issued invitations for Pope Francis to visit the country, Pope Francis has ruled out a trip to Kiev unless it includes a stop in Moscow. With the evident failure of his military to take Ukraine, Vladimir Putin has sent mixed messages about using nuclear weapons. In February... He put his country's nuclear forces on high alert and, in September, vowed that Russia would use all available means to defend its territory, a clear reference to nuclear weapons in defense of its newly annexed territories in eastern Ukraine. In October, Putin said that Russia has no intention to use nuclear weapons in Ukraine, adding that, quote, there is no point in that, neither political nor military. Unquote. Yet in December, he said that Russia might change its nuclear doctrine to include the possibility of launching a preemptive strike. Whatever happens, the threat of nuclear war, which would likely trigger World War III, remains a real possibility placing a Damocles sword over Europe and a powerful tool in the Russian psychological warfare arsenal.
1: This concludes Part 1 of 2022 in Review. A civil war in the Catholic Church and a shooting war in Europe reveal unprecedented ideological confrontations. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that you gained valuable insights from this summary of the year just passed, and will join us next week for Part 2. Return to Order, of which this podcast is only a part, strives to be a source of light in a dark and disordered world. Your prayers are appreciated. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please remember that we publish a new episode every week as Tuesday becomes Wednesday at midnight. There are two ways to make sure you don't miss future episodes. The first way is to subscribe through your favorite podcast provider. Another is to go to our website, www.returntoorder.org, and click on the podcast link at the top of the page, which will take you to a list with the most recent podcast on top. We ask subscribers to give us a five-star rating with the servers through which you are listening to it. Increased subscriptions and high ratings mean that more people will be directed to the Return to Order moment when searching for new podcasts. So by rating us, you can help Return to Order be more effective. In addition, subscribers gain access to all previous episodes of the Return to Order moment. We would also like to recommend the book which spells out the motivations behind our work. Mr. John Horvath's book, Return to Order, is available as a free download through our website, www.returntoorder.org, or in printed and recorded form through our bookstore. All rights are reserved. Copyright 2023 by the American Society for the Defense of Tradition, Family and Property, TFP.